0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama of four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm here with Shannon. Shannon, Kenny, Carbonell grew up in Sydney, Australia, and moved to the U.S. at the age of 18 to study acting. After earning a BFA in theater from the California Institute of the Arts, CalArts, she worked in a regional theater where she had the privilege of playing some classic roles in or like Nina in The Seagull, Julie in Miss Julie, and Helena in A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is my favorite Shakespeare play. It absolutely is. It is I, I had that. I just got to cut in here. I had this wonderful teacher when I was in high school and she, uh, she was just so fantastic and it was uh, her favorite play. And when she signed my yearbook, she put fairy dust in it. She was, oh, just,
1: she was just so sweet. It's a perfect comedy. I think.
0: Yes. Uh, Shannon then transitioned into television where she appeared on shows like Seinfeld seventh heaven the invisible man and hbo's dream on she also starred in tv movies like the rockford files remake and purgatory shannon was cast in uh, in series regular roles on tv shows and if she fails to rank the show muscle as her (laughs) best experience she'd risk offending her wonderful husband Nestor. it was on this show that the two of them defied producers orders not to date other cast members Shannon lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Nestor, their two sons, Rafa and Marco, and their, their dog, Donna Borelli. Did I say that right? Yes, Borelli? that's exactly yes. right. <laughs> uh, Carbonell, All Is Not Lost is her first book. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's so so w- when you applied to be on the podcast, you said that you may had to make a um pretty uh maybe not difficult, but significant decision to walk away from acting at least temporarily to be a full-time mom. Can you tell us a little bit about that decision? Because as somebody who has been, I've been a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a work-from-home mom. And so what I do right now is Mm. I'm an admin assistant for a digital marketing company and I work from home. Uh, I tell you like you know some people are like oh this is easier than this no they're all hard in their own way uh it is wild to just be a mom and and try to raise children so
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. tell us a little bit about um what led you to that decision
1: well it's actually the sort of the beginning of my book um I worked I was an actress um and I met my husband as an actor. And we sort of met very on very even playing ground because we, it was our first series muscle. It was our, our first big sort of job that we met on. And, uh, and so we continued our lives together, you know, in our dating life and soon to be met. Well, no, no, it wasn't soon. We dated for a long time before we got married. <laughs> we were very sure um, as actors. And then I we got married and I, I I got pregnant on our honeymoon, so it was oh
0: wow postponed.
1: yeah I know although although our honeymoon was a little postponed because we both had to go back to work after the wedding, um, and I had my first baby and I worked uh, pretty quickly after that, like six months I'd say, and uh, and it ended up being a, a long gig um, on Seventh Heaven and. But I just, I couldn't, I didn't feel the same about acting, which was something I had devoted my whole life to being. And I'd really dreamed about being since I was quite small. And and it wasn't that I didn't still have that drive and definitely still, and and it wasn't that I didn't have that. um, I was very, very attached to my career as Mm my person. Like um, my my career was definitely defined who I was. But something had gone. It was almost like I'd lost the 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 um my mojo. I kind of lost my mojo. It, it just it wasn't it wasn't as sparkly around the edges as I had as it had been for me. Um, and I couldn't I almost just I couldn't get there anymore. Um, and I worked two years. And then I got pregnant again and after, and it was very hard when I was pregnant because I was pregnant on the show. Wow. And I <laughs> know it was wild. And, it, it, and then, you know, they would have, you know, time off, like a, you know, breaks through the season. And then I actually came back really pregnant with my second one. Um, and it was actually, it was very, I mean, this is a like a definitely a physical symptom of pregnancy. I don't know if you remember, but uh, very hard to memorize lines oh
0: and yeah, stuff.
1: yeah Mom Mom oh bring. my <laughs> god I can remember one line and I was the sort of actress who worked and worked and worked on my scenes and really had it inside and out like I really wanted to know the characters every kind of breath and what you know every all the backstory of my character and stuff like that and I just I couldn't I was very hard to do that pregnant and um and once I had my second baby I think I completely lost my my drive um Yet still my person, my 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 identity was still tied up to being an actor. And I left acting. Um and so I had the two kids and decided to become a full-time mom because I also didn't, it never sat right with me having somebody else watch my my children. Right. And that's when I left to become a mom full-time. And and even so the decision that i thought would be quite a nat- it was a natural decision for me it it still didn't to my surprise it didn't sit very naturally with me i still it was a hard decision that never felt completely right for me so it was a very um, it was a very weird time in my life from that moment on from quitting to be a mom um, it was a big hole that was left inside of me and I didn't know what to do with it I kind of didn't even understand what it was in the beginning yeah and that sort of leads my book that's that's how my book starts with this I, I go I quit and then I have this gaping suddenly this gaping hole inside where all my identity was being an actor and as a little girl, I had wanted to be a famous actor. And then that had kind of never really left me. I felt like I'd brainwashed myself into that. And only that would make me um, a whole person and a happy person. And that was a really kind of a dangerous place that I um, had a dangerous sort of identity that I had given myself um, as a kid and never really, really let go of that. And that caused a really big, I would, it wasn't a breakdown because I was functioning very well, you know, very well being a mom, Right. but it was a, definitely a mental loss and, and a really troublesome place. I sort of got myself into.
0: Yeah. It must've been difficult too, because your spouse is still acting. So it's not even like you're cut off from acting altogether. It's like you're seeing your spouse do these things that you were once doing. And you're like, but I'm not doing them anymore.
1: Yes. Yes. And sort of like, I never thought I would be that way, but yeah, it made it worse because like, I was really happy. Of course we were, you know, collectively, you know, it was all our money that was put together. And like, I like money (laughs) a lot. And so I was like, yes, keep going. You know, Nestor was doing really well too. From us starting together, um, his career eventually was sort of starting to really, really outrun mine. So it was also a really good decision practically for us. But I did, I found myself like looking at my husband and feeling like, oh my gosh, I lost the race that Mm. neither of us really knew we were in. And I did feel like the loser. I felt like, oh. And also with our friends. You know, you grow up as a young actor in Hollywood and you kind of, you do classes and you start, you know, doing your guest starring roles on sitcoms and stuff and you meet other young actors mm-hmm. and you can't, you bond with some of them and you become really good friends and then your friend group expands and you all become friends. So we had a big, like, social group of friends that were pretty much all actors and you know, one by one, it gets harder and harder and people drop off. And And it's sort of, no matter how much you don't want to do it as an actor, because you understand all the circumstances of why people stop working and it's not their talent. And and you, you know not to judge it, because sometimes it's just they've got a really young face, say, and they mm. grow out of their face. They get older, but their energy is still really young, but they're not going to get cast as young anymore, because they're not that young or i don't know things change you know or they were hot at one point and then they're just not anymore or somebody else comes up that you know serves the purpose of whoever they are better in hollywood and becomes the hot thing um so i'd seen a ton of our friends drop off and um and then so when i did i felt like oh god i'm just another one who hit the dust you no, know, bit the dust. I, I'm just another one. Oh, I'm another number. I rolled off just like, like many other people. And that was also giving me this real feeling like, oh, I'm such a loser. I, that was it, you know, and that was not good either. And uh, that all, and then Nestor did not and has not. Like Nestor's really kept working very steadily, like his whole career. So it was very hard. And then also a bit of the, the fame aspect. Nestor's not like a huge movie star or anything, but people really know him and like his work. And so there was a constant you know, constant line of fans you know, when we went places of going up and praising him. And, and while I was really happy, like it really makes me happy to see that. Right. Man, there was a part of me inside going, oh my God, it's a little girl. I really wanted that and uh, I had to come to terms with that too
0: yeah yeah oh I, I mean I, I understand but not in the aspect that I was ever an actor but I mean I was a, a stay-at-home mom for a while and I always just felt like it was missing out on something um, that I wasn't able to pursue you know dreams and aspirations I had because I was a, a stay-at-home mom I never I never imagined myself as as a stay-at-home mom or even a mom of four children, no. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, when I was a a teenager before I had my oldest daughter or even after I had her, um, I saw myself as it was just gonna be her and I against the world. I was going to be you know, uh, part of a, a, a board of, you know, a corporation or something like that. I always saw myself and it's funny because now I want to be a professor, but I always saw myself as yeah. like these big goals of, you know, doing yeah. something grand. And here I was just taking care of kiddos every day.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's like the really, so when I started writing my book, it was like, I almost, I did, I wrote it with the, idea in mind that i was writing it talking to all my friends Mm. because no matter what we all did we all felt that way like all of a sudden we were out in the world and it was loud and noisy and sometimes hard but then we were at home and we um we were alone and isolated and even and you know when we would try to get to the parks together or something, but all our baby schedules were different. Yeah. And and we also had babies at different times too, but it, all of a sudden you're at home. And and that was another big thing for me is I felt like I'm at home now. I have no work to do. I have no characters to work on. And all my thoughts that, you know, those, those sort of when you're sitting at a traffic light and you're just sitting there and, um, I would always, those parts of my brain would light up because I would be thinking about my character and like, what would she do? And oh what was that part, that line she says, what does that relate to in her life? Like I'd be building people. And that was how my mind almost stayed not neurotic. I was not neurotic at all because I had these imaginary people to think about and invent. And then all of a sudden I just had myself like, oh, okay, the kids are asleep. I mean, my schedule is pretty simple, you know, bathe them, feed them. And then I felt like, Oh my God, I've got nothing in my brain, nowhere to wander, nowhere to like go. And I felt really like the silences were really dead. They were like, they weren't places to play anymore. I had nothing. And it was very, that in itself was very isolating, you know? And, um, and that's a big lesson, actually, now that like when I talk to young actors, I say to them, have a hobby, you know, mm. le- reach out in the world and have something other than acting, because otherwise you will you will be very you have a one track mind. And um, yeah, like because now, I, you know, I'm interested in so many different things, but a lot of the actors to young actors, they don't even look out into the world. Maybe now more so well, the world is very highly politicized too much. Yeah, I think. Yeah, everything's about politics. But, um, e- but even as a young person, actors w- in my day would just—we were, just all, we were all, all we would talk about was acting, and it was so exciting. And, but you really should have other hobbies and other things, and and be aware of the world around you. And uh, we weren't even, you know, that political. We didn't I mean we didn't really think about it. And you have to have other things that keep your mind busy. But I didn't have anything. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So I felt so inept and, and everything was so quiet. And it's very mundane, motherhood, even though it's yeah. so fulfilling. It's completely fulfilling and filled with love and stuff. It is, it is laborious and it is mundane and it's repetitive and there are moments of great joy, you know, when you connect with your kids and when you're with your girlfriends out in the parks and stuff. It can be really fun, but then pe- pe- people's babies need to be fed and the schedule, and you've got to get home yeah. and there's traffic, and, and then boom, you're back in your little tiny corner again, alone. You know, it's like Groundhog's and
0: Day every day.
1: It is. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's like Groundhog Day, and it's really scary if you were once all of a sudden you you were in the big world and once and then you're just not. And it was, that's a big transition. And, you know, it really hit me really hard. Like a lot of women. I know that because I talked to so many women, right. And um, yeah, that was a big part of it too. That I, I, I didn't know what to do with the silences. I was like, oh my God, there's nothing. What do I do? It was wild. Yeah.
0: Well, especially when they're young because they're sleeping all the time right like little kids you're like sleeping you know they're napping they're going to bed early like babies sleep yeah. all the
1: time <laughs> and when they're not you're like pushing a wooden truck around a you know, train around a little track or you're playing yeah. baby cats or you you know and you know you can engage so much with that but then you know your children I mean I don't know if my mom ever got down on her knees and played with me like that I don't know if I needed it um so you can only do so much of that. And then it does drive you kind of crazy. Like I remember yeah. with my second one, my little boy was, my first child was a bit older and he and Nestor and me, we would all fight to not have to play baby cats. with my youngest one, <laughs> we're like, you play baby cats. No, you, I did it last time. You, you. So, you know, that kind of play you can do for a while, but you would kind of drive yourself crazy. You can't, do that play all the time you're not meant to with your, your kids you're not meant to be one-on-one playing with your kids you, they have to develop their imaginations like we got to you know my mom always tells me the story about uh, her parents gave her um, a little pack of uh, pencils just colored pencils and for the whole year she played games with those pencils they were all different yeah. people they were soldiers in wars and they were this and that and that and if we sit down and play with our kids constantly like that, how are they going to pretend those games? And yeah. So it's, it's just, um, it's like, you have to do that kind of play a little bit with them. And then again, it's just make the dinner, change the diaper. Da, yeah. da, da. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to be there. Like it was a genuine pull. So I, you know, and also I also knew how lucky I was yeah. To be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, that was a privilege. So Absolutely. then I'm like, I'm a spoiled brat. Here <laughs> I am, a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> really lucky to do it. I mean, we knew we could pay our mortgage and, you know, it would be much better if I had kept my head in the ring financially, but we could do it. And then I'm complaining about that when I know there's millions and millions, of mo- the majority of moms can't even do that. And... That was like another big thing where I was like whipping myself for that, saying, you're a brat, you get to do this and you still are unhappy and you're still complaining. And so that was another big thing of guilt. I, I sort of piled upon myself too. And my friends too, that were able to do that. We were like, geez, we're in a really lucky position. And yet it's still not sitting very well with us. And then you have to kind of keep silent too, because... That's like, you're not meant to say that either. Right. You're not meant to say that you, you're treating this really lucky position and, and it's still kind of, you know, it's still not what you thought it would be. Um, and then to say your children are dissatisfying, you know, mentally, you're not meant to say that either, even though you love them with everything. So it's a really funky place to be and a really confusing place then. Oh, and then the other confusing thing is, oh, you resent your husband who's doing the right thing, going out into right. the world, making money. And then when he comes home, you're like really pissed off at him for no reason at all. So you're so confused. You feel like, like a witch. It's such a weird place to be. So I knew when I wrote my book, I kind of had to just put it all out there mm-hmm. and... I wanted it to be like I'm talking to my friends because I know we are all feeling this. It is like a daily conversation with each other that we're not really willing to put out in the world, though. And I kind of wanted to just tell my story no matter what. And I have gotten people say horrible things about me. Oh, I'm sure you them. have. The yeah. mom
0: shame is real.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the mom shame is real. Yeah. And uh, and you just try as much as you can not to have it rub off on your kids. But I'm, I I did you know, it does, you know, yeah. you make mistakes, just try to try to make 50% of the mistakes your parents made on you. <laughs> <without our laughs> case. Just, you know, anyway, so that's, that was a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of my book is uh, that, but then, you know, um, then of, in the book, we do a big move, and I make a journey. And, and I feel like I've, everything comes into clarity. And through these, we moved to Hawaii because my husband wow. did go lost, yeah, and uh, and I was pretty much as lost as ever when he <laughs> when we went to Hawaii to do Lost, which is sort of the pun of the title, "All Is Not right. Lost," and uh, and I was like, I don't know if I can do a big move with my kids, and then my husband went, I'm like really lost. I, oh, I, I feel you. <laughs> figure it out right now, yeah, and and there was no choice. And, you know, then lucky ma'am, we're going to Hawaii to live for a year. Um, but, uh, you, know, um, you know, some things happened there in the beginning that weren't very great. There was some big conflicts with family. And, and then something happened, though, when we moved there. And I met, I was planning on not really meeting anybody. I was going to sit like a Buddhist and really figure <laughs> this out. And that was the opposite. Where it's like I met these women. And the land, and and they took me on adventures throughout the island, and even strangers that I met, um, and through my kids too. Just everything sort of is like I changed the, I I I changed the longitude and latitude of our position. Well, I didn't. It happened. Yeah. And everything suddenly popped into focus, and little by little, sometimes without me knowing it these little adventures and events kept happening. And I stepped slowly into clarity. My whole family did. We, and, it, and it was pretty amazing what happened over there. And um, there's something like this journey that I was sort of taken on became a really sort of clarifying experience. And I, and I, I learned to kind of step back into who I was before this big mm. dream that I had as a nine-year-old I made myself this vow to become right. a famous actress and before I needed to get back to the person before that and figure out why I even did that and then I needed to come back to who I was before that or who I would have been without that and then you know everything goes on and then at the end i had to do something else i don't completely give it all
0: (laughs) you're like i don't want to give the whole book away yeah but it
1: was but there's so many stories within it and so many funny things and a lot of sad things too so it's a sort of really funny sad book um i
0: I can relate to so much of what you're talking about even though we have obviously two completely different lifestyles yeah
1: it could be any career really yeah right
0: well, I yeah. mean, my my spouse, uh, his job takes him away a lot or did. It took him away a lot. It took us to a completely different state. Uh, I lived in Virginia and then it took me to Connecticut and I stomped my feet and I dragged my heels and I'm like, I want to move. And then this was the best move that I could have imagined. It brought me closer to my family, but also it's, I grew up on 50 acres of land. I grew oh. up in the middle of nowhere and I went from middle of nowhere to Virginia, like near Virginia beach. So super oh. busy, huge mm. cities. Uh, and I didn't realize at the time that I was overwhelmed. It was too much, you know, cause you just get used to the feelings that you're feeling. And mm-hmm. that's when I was a stay at home mom was while we were there. And I can relate to, you know, like you. You're like, I get judged for these things. I'm like, no, I feel them too. I feel the same. I know, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes. And then um, we get moved to Connecticut and I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I missed. I missed these things from when I was younger, this land and all of the creatures and all the nature. And then I'm like, oh, even though I stopped my feet and I was like, I don't want to go and I'm just going to go there and I'm just going to ride it out. I was just like you, where I was just, you know, it happened, even though I didn't plan it to happen, that I was just like, great. It was a wonderful, it's a
1: wonderful opportunity for me. I'm in Connecticut right now. Oh, are you? I around <laughs> the corner from you.
0: That's where my <laughs> in-laws you so in laws live. You might be Connecticut, or you might, oh. uh, Connecticut's not a very big state. So it's I'm sure. It's a beautiful
1: <laughs> state, though, isn't it?
0: It really is. Uh, I'm yeah. from uh Northern New York originally, like Canada adjacent. So way, oh, way up there. Yeah. So yeah. this reminds me of home. It just doesn't get as much snow. Where I'm from, you get lots of snow.
1: Yeah. Isn't it <laughs> funny, too? And something about being, near where you where you grew up because Hawaii for me, I grew up in the northern beaches of Australia. Gotcha. Off of Sydney. So it's Sydney's northern beaches. And so always near an ocean. Um, We were always on the beach. And there's something about the water, being really close to water. And then going to Hawaii felt like there was something very much like I felt like I was coming home even though it was just, I mean, both Pacific, yeah. you know, Pacific sort of, we were in the Pacific um, Hawaii is very um, the land is, it's, we have, you know, we are on Aboriginal land in Australia. Yeah. So it's very loaded. It's loaded. Even the way the Aboriginals um, buried their trash, it's just, it's, it's like layers and layers and layers of the earth has sort of been lived in. And that's, that's what it felt like in Hawaii too. It's just, the earth is so rich, you know, from its original inhabitants and they're still there and there's a big reverence for the earth. And if you, and if you stand on it and you feel it and you, and you kind of hook into that energy, it's very healing. And also it's also makes you, it feel very alive. And I felt it there and um even and then I had some really in the book you see I have some really like some big hikes around the island and I ended up in places where you are literally the the land does something to you and and I felt I saw it do some things it was wild and um and then to like kind of tune into that is it changed it changes things in you and And so interesting too, because I always like, I, as a kid, I always read like classic books. And so I always thought, I'm going to go to England and
0: wandering right, around too. in
1: Jane Austen territory. And I'm going to feel at home, but now I felt home in right on the beach where I got, came from. And, uh, the, and, you know, now I want to seek like Los Angeles is a really big, busy city. And I'm just seeking quiet, like, like probably what you fought against yeah now i want i'm a bit older than you but i i just uh we want to we just want that we want trees around us and quiet and Mm -hmm. and visual beauty just um it's sort of like i don't know it's like you come kind of full circle i guess but you know what i once thrived on i really just i don't know i don't want that anymore but um, so I get what you were feeling in Connecticut. I really I get it. Although I'd love to go to Virginia too. That's a kind of a bucket list for me.
0: It is uh, an experience, uh, and I think the reason <laughs> I wanted to stay there was because of the stability. I, you know, I people who are listening know that I was recently, like as in the last two years, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, so I've struggled with oh, mental health.
1: On yeah. yes,
0: I've struggled with mental health most of my life and i think for there it was the stability right i had a support system i had all these mm. people i knew and then i was going to be moving to connecticut where i knew no one but now that i you know have been able to like oh enjoy nature mm. i live on uh, we're running a house on seven acres of land so we had wild turkeys in our backyard. Yes. Oh, I love
1: that. They have wild <laughs> turkeys in Australia. Do <laughs> they? So yes, they're cool. They're great. They just wander around. Wander yeah. The
0: <laughs> yeah, I put a uh, bird seed in my backyard for the birds and the wild turkeys just came with their little babies yesterday. Oh, and I was amazing. just like, this is what I was missing when I was in Virginia because it's, it's busy, um, Virginia. So Hampton Roads, it's called, is made up of Chesapeake, Virginia Beach, Norfolk. And um, and sometimes people uh, consider Portsmouth part of it. So it's like four or five very large cities, like very large um, in one area. And to go from where I was from, where like there's more cows than people Mm. to like these cities, I didn't realize how overwhelmed I had become and how my, my soul... I, whoever mm-hmm. believes in a soul my soul didn't really belong yeah. there and it was just a lot until i it. came to connecticut and i was like oh this is what i've been missing <laughs> this yeah is and especially
1: with bipolar when your mind is very busy mm-hmm. sometimes that can be really overwhelming i would imagine Right. Yeah.
0: When I moved here, I had two mental health crisis crises yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, but fortunately we were able to get my medication stabilized. And, right. and now that, you know, I have roots here, the hard thing was the pandemic happened like six months after I moved
1: here. Right. So then you're in, in the wilderness and you're, you're isolating as yeah. well. Yeah. That's hard. But um, now with the internet, I imagine you can be anywhere and get your support, right. Yeah. That you need so that's the beauty of now that we're all connected via computers and stuff that your care must be easier yeah
0: i do telehealth with both my therapist and my psychiatrist i don't have to go in um thank goodness they were flexible and they were able to like shift to that um Mm -hmm. so i didn't have to stop my mental health care but yeah it was been an experience but I I, the whole point was I can relate to you like kicking your feet and you're like I don't want to move and then you move and you're like oh this is what I needed
1: oh yeah oh well, then I didn't want to leave yeah then I then it was a whole nother crisis I told my <laughs> like, husband he needs to
0: here. Uh, 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 retire here like I mean he retires from his job in a couple years he's not
1: that old is he military um,
0: uh, yes he's military yeah well uh, I had
1: a lot of military friends on the island because there's, there's a base there but I uh, think yes. my my a good friend of mine um had she had to homeschool her kids in Virginia yeah too because they were moving all the time but she spent quite a bit of time in Virginia yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. see that river the Shenandoah River
0: oh yeah that's a that's a little bit further away from Virginia Beach but the I went uh hiking in the Shenandoah Mountains uh, gorgeous
1: beautiful. i know i just gorgeous. i love that song so, I just, <laughs> so my mind works i hear a song i want to go there <laughs>
0: it's actually a pretty like decent sized mountain range it goes like into uh north carolina and i think maybe part of south carolina too don't quote me on that but i, oh, think
1: I just want to see pretty carolina
0: significant too. one yeah oh. so you have to make your way there and, well, and we're, we're going to
1: move somewhere this this side um you know, californias we're going to, our, our youngest has to finish high school and it's been yeah. great, but California is not doing so great. I hear now. that. <laughs> mm, I don't know. We wonder, can it come back? I'm not sure. It's yeah. really a bummer to see the way it's going.
0: It is. Uh, it's, it was such a, you know, a, a, you know, when I was younger, California was the place, it was I know. place where people wanted to
1: go. And of course, and, in it, yeah. And it really was. And it was such a great livable city. I mean, we have great friends there and the weather is wonderful, but it's becoming, I don't know that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> You're like That uh, could be a
0: whole nother podcast. Episode,
1: it could it? be, <laughs> it could be. But um, yeah. So when I, we left Hawaii, I really mourned for Hawaii. i I think i cried like for six months you know and especially when anybody honked me back in california like you know that he does that in hawaii yeah
0: Yeah. Uh, nobody does that really up here either yeah
1: (laughs) it's a very different way of life well when i we first got to hawaii um i was i biked around hawaii a lot as my exercise i'm not joining a gym i'm gonna bike
0: and I'm Beautiful. really
1: hesitant to work out anyway. Oh, it's great! And then my little boy started with me. My he was seven. Aww. He's my older boy now. Um, anyway, so one day his bike chain broke, and uh, it was like well, uh, we, I didn't know what to do. We tried to get the bike chain back on the thing. We couldn't do it, and then a man stopped up for, and it was sort of like this two lane street. It was a pretty, and there's a bit of traffic coming you know both sides and he pulled over he was all dressed in white and there was a kind of like a yacht club but not like the yacht clubs in in you know la yeah. like fancy ones it was this really great down home kind of yacht club and um the kids would go fishing off the the edge of this yacht club. one time they caught a baby hammerhead but this is oh my god yeah, we never belonged to it after some of our friends did we just you know we go along and you cook your own fish on a barbie but um Anyway, he stopped and I saw he had Kaneohe Yacht Club on his shirt and he had white pants. And he's like, I'll help you. I'm like, no, you've got, <laughs> you were all dressed in white and you're you going to the club, obviously. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, you're going to get grease all over you. He's like, no worries, no worries. And he got down and he helped us put the bike chain on. He got up, he was all covered in grease. Oh. I'm like, thank you, but I feel awful. He's like, no. And he like shot me the shaka got back in his car and left. I'm like, oh my God, all they would do in LA was honk because we were probably too close to the side of the road. I couldn't believe this man did that. And that was the experience all through Hawaii. Nobody ever honks you. They just throw you the chakra or try to help if something's going wrong. And then right back in LA, you know, if I missed a light or it was daydreaming, I daydream all the time, I would just get, right and- and it was so sad to come back to that.
0: I think it's um, the cities, honestly,
1: because in yeah. Virginia,
0: it was the same way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and then I kind of like-
1: get it, though, in L.A., because you've got to get places and the traffic is right. awful. But it was really hard to come back to that. It was really hard to have my kids see that. Yeah. You know, and it's like they lived this great year in this wonderful place. And, you know, and then you know there were a few homeless people but not many and i you know that that's a big problem they my kids do have empathy in fact one year my kid had way too much empathy and it oh. sent him into a, like a this sort of existential crisis but right um it's hard your kids have to see like up vine we got vine to get to their school this is back in california and they're i mean hundreds of meth addicts
0: oh.
1: hundreds so heartbreaking it's hard you know i mean it's you know it's a good thing like don't do drugs this is what will happen but but it is a bit sad you know going to hawaii they just saw beautiful mountains and trees and and runaway pigs and little piglets and you know i feel
0: like in hawaii they take better care of their people too like you know um i've had quite a few different people i know live there and they're like it's just a different feel and you know, people just take care of each other and they really
1: care. There is a better you of know, that feeling of Ohana of family. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of an embracing feeling, but it's also, you know, you, it's just big and small, you know, yeah. in a small community you're able to When it gets big and big and bigger. Like California, you know, or Los Angeles where we live, it, it's harder. It's just harder. And some policies that work in smaller countries and smaller towns just don't work in big cities and you have to find different solutions. And so I kind of get it, right? It's just, do you want to do you want to put your kids in those situations all the time? Well my kids love LA; they they really love li- living there. It just you get it gets tiring.
0: I bet because it's like you know your your empathy is constantly being empty because you're just like all these things, and I feel so bad, and worst. I want to do yeah. the things.
1: It's like yeah. scar tissue; you lose it. You it's just you become hardened. And yeah, like you're stepping over people, you know, and instead of like wondering why are they here, you become angry at them and or even at the government. I mean, the government's, you know, in California (laughs) is doing a lot of things wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a person and you stop seeing that. And um, yeah, that's like I said, a whole other conversation. But in Hawaii, it was it was really lovely. And then there was a whole part of the book where I I start to wonder, um, does I got into real lost territory at some points? I'm like, <laughs> how did I meet these people and get to know them so fast? Right. Like, I was like, now. Does the island draw this kind of people or does it make this kind of people? You know, um, does it draw people with these big open hearts and who really appreciate this land or is it once you get there, do you just sink into the land and do you become that kind of person? And it was sort of like this chicken or the egg thing, but that's very lost if you watch the show. You know, even uh, the... the um, island actually is a big character in the show lost and it actually draws the people to the island and I kind of started experiencing a lot there's a lot of parallels to lost in my book too because I almost felt like a like I was I crashed on the island because you know um, I I wasn't doing that great when I got there and and it was like the survivors from the crash I I felt like oh my gosh I'm, I'm like picking myself up here and trying to figure out, you know, where to go. And, and even when even when I got back to Los Angeles, I'm like, I know you need to go back to Hawaii. I need to go <laughs> over the Island. I must get back to the Island. And so I'm like, there were so many weird parallels. And because I'm an actor, of course, and I loved the show from the beginning, even before Nestor was on it. I of course, like, just like when I was a little girl, I like put myself in into it, just, for fun and your imagination. And it was like, oh, I feel like I'm in Lost. And so <laughs> it was really sort of, that was kind of really fun. But um, yeah, it was such a great experience. And my husband got so much, I mean, it was such a great work experience for him too, to be on that show and um, to have it be so iconic. Yeah, and, and, and the actors were on the best rides of their lives. Some of the ones who just started, I mean, started from the beginning. And you could just tell they were having a ball. Some of them never left either. They didn't even leave Hawaii. They, they stayed. Their wives were like, unless you can find a better staying. location, yeah. we're going to stay here now. <laughs> and they're still there.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, Shannon, as we wrap up the podcast today, um, first off, everybody needs to grab your book because it sounds like it has a lot of amazing like details and stories that you just scratched the surface here.
1: Yeah, um, I've had a lot of letters from a lot of women saying, I didn't even need to really know about loss. This book has just spoken to me. I don't feel as alone. I feel seen,
0: mm-hmm. This,
1: um, I'm, I'm not an actor. I didn't need to be an actor, but this is my life when I was this. And then I became a mom. And and I feel like I'm not alone, and I'm not a brat. I, he, you know, you heard me. So that was this. Those are the best letters I get. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: there's some special going on with I know. Book, yes, uh, for this month, right? That yeah. You know, whoever is listening this month, which will be it's August, um, uh-huh. you can grab it. You tell us about that.
1: Tell yes, us a little bit about that. So, so this is great. Um, there's an ebook promo going on, and at my publishers, and. I can't believe this, but the ebook is actually 99 cents. And so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> on Amazon, you, I, right?
1: I am not going to benefit from this. <laughs> but this is great. I, because I really, all I really want is for people to read it and not feel as alone in their feelings. Because I write this like I'm writing to my girlfriends and they're recommending it to their friends and their friends and their friends because this is a great woman's book and and men's a lot of men have read it too yeah anybody who feels like their life has not turned out the way they thought it would and readjusted this is their book so 99 cents on kindle nook ibooks and other ebook retailers so so wherever you get you want to get the electronic book it's 99 cents so grab it and it's a really quick read too Uh, people read this book in two days
0: um, I'm a, I'm a, a reader. I, I can definitely finish. If I don't have a lot of work to do, I could definitely yeah.
1: finish a book. in two yeah. days. It's just a fun, it's really fun and you get it all like sad, happy, fun, and you can just eat it up and then think about it. Yeah.
0: So what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with as we wrap up the podcast today?
1: I just, you know, I would just like to leave it with like, if, if you if life it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, and that's most of us. yeah make a pivot and bring it on in. Bring on in your disappointment first of all, live with it. I mean that's fine and it's amazing what it can become. It's amazing what your what your sorrow and, and your pain can become and just it reinvents itself inside of you and then just see where you'll go. It's kind of great.
0: Well, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Such a pleasure meeting you.
0: Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.